0: and spanking, spanking <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, might be an R18 episode <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay, RV, are you ready? Sure am Well, welcome to the Moyo Nutrition Podcast, where each week we bring your thoughts and more in-depth discussion on the latest research reviewed in our weekly newsletter. You're joined today by nutrition professors, Rachel Brown. Hi, Rachel. Hi there. And myself, Lisa Hout, who are passionate about keeping you up to date with the latest health research and debunking the bad science amongst the over 20,000 nutrition-related research publications a year. This is episode three, uh, my favorite number next to Lucky 13. And to celebrate my favorite number, I've put some of our already accumulated bloopers at the end of the episode. So make sure you stay tuned to the end. Now, this week, Rachel has brought us something to chew on. Oh, I like what you've done
0: there, Lisa, with um, that. Um, In today's podcast, we're going to look at the evidence behind the recent headlines telling us that we should slow down our eating to prevent
1: the weight gain. Okay, well, I have to tell you, Rachel, that I'm one of those people who scarf down their food. I mean, time is of the essence. I put eating and sleeping in those annoying categories that steal away the time that I could be working.
0: Well, we do have to look at your life there, but yes, (laughs) I I think you're probably like um, the dog that I'm dog-sitting right now, who wolfs down her food in under a minute. Now, I couldn't believe it. I, you know, she waited patiently when I put the food in her bowl, and then I gave her the word, and she absolutely scoffed it. And so, when we were looking at today's topic, I thought oh, I'm going to actually time that, and it was yes, under uh, a minute. It was actually fifty-two seconds.
1: <laughs> well, we could probably both do with one of those slow eating bowls, you know, with the prong sticking up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: But what about you, Rachel? Are you a slow or
0: fast eater? Well I think I'm a bit too much on the fast side and what I do notice is I do tend to eat a bit faster when I'm hungry so that's probably not a good thing.
1: Well given we've identified our eating behaviors what do we really know about fast or slow eating in regard to the hype?
0: Okay well let's take a step back in time and see where all this started.
1: I love a little history how far back are we going?
0: Well, this recommendation to slow, or rather chew more, has gone in and out of fashion, but really started in the early 1900s, so more than 100 years ago, with a guy called Horace Fletcher, aka the great masticator, and thank God I said that okay. Um, (laughs) Yes, uh, um, Horace. Yes, yes, I know this one. Well, Horace suffered from dyspepsia and obesity, but he found that if he chewed, and he sometimes chewed up to 100 times until his food actually turned to liquid and actually tasted so bad that he pretty much lost the desire to eat. And so he ended up losing about 65 pounds on this regime, and his mastication system became known as Fletcherism.
1: Yeah, I remember this story, and he had read somewhere that humans have 32 teeth, and therefore they should chew their food at least 32 times. And then With that successful weight loss, he became one of the first 20th century influencers, gaining momentum with the Ladies Home Journal, who picked up and really promoted his mastication system to their readers. I remember he even convinced some of the most prominent, intelligent people of his time to adopt Fletcherism, including Thomas Edison, Mark Twain, and Teddy Roosevelt, Yes, he was definitely in
0: the spotlight. And he was even asked to do a few lectures at some of the great institutions of his time. So Harvard, Yale and John Hopkins. And he also travelled
1: around to carnivals, setting up booths as well. (laughs) Well, we got the lecturing under our belts. Maybe we should just be setting up moyo booths at carnivals.
0: Yes, well, I'm not sure we actually want to follow directly in Horace's footsteps. Um, I'm afraid Horace actually strayed quite far from the evidence-based path and carried out, out his ideas really to such extremes that he actually starved himself to death. So he started out cutting his food from his diet. Then he started cutting out food groups and then decided that humans had to fast for several days a week. And so by the age of 69, he had really extensive tooth decay, massive constipation, and was actually in starvation mode when he died of pneumonia.
1: Oh, yeah. No. So, well, that would probably put an end to fletcherism then.
0: Well, yes, the, the popularity of that died away, um, but investigators plotted on. But it wasn't really until about 11 years ago, so 92 years after Fletcher's death, that researchers used electromyography to monitor chewing behaviour and showed that the higher chewing counts actually reduced food intake, despite having an increase in chewing speed and also the prolonging of the actual meal time. And there's been a number of studies since that time um, supporting the finding that actually
1: increasing chewing does reduce food intake. So, So what are the mechanisms at work here? Is it satiety and its related hormones? Yes,
0: definitely. Uh, So slowing down your speed of eating can help us recognise the fullness cues, which may in part, of course, be mediated by our hunger and satiety hormones. And this notion was supported by a, a review in 2015, which reviewed about 17 research papers from memory. And that showed that prolonged chewing significantly reduced hunger and also significantly reduced food intake. And Really, this was by increasing uh, the gut hormones that we have to make us feel full. But another mechanism that has received a lot of attention uh, recently and and over time is increased thermic effect of food. So this is also referred to as dietary-induced thermogenesis, or we call it DIT for short.
1: Oh yes, I I remember this very small bit of energy that we expend when we digest, absorb, transport, metabolize, and store food. I took a whole course on energy metabolism as an undergraduate student with a significant amount of time spent on DIT. However, measuring that thermic effect of food is tricky, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and up until recently, it was really a little unclear if the DIT varied in relation to to oral stimulation. So that actually means the duration of of tasting and chewing in the mouth um, and whether that increases compared to just quickly swallowing uh, the the liquid or the food. And previous studies that have looked at this oral stimulation and dietary-induced thermogenesis have been challenging to interpret because of that confounding effect of the size of the the food bolus really entering the, the GI tract.
1: So meaning that a larger food bolus would also affect or essentially increase debt.
0: Yeah. So it's quite interesting to see, um, given that unknown, that this hot-off-the-press paper that we decided to look at in in the newsletter this week by Hamada, he's a a Japanese researcher, and uh, it was published in Scientific Reports. And this group has done a bit of work in the area before on chewing and debt. So um, here, what the researchers set out to overcome is that exact problem of the different sized um, boluses entering the GI tract. And they tried to overcome this by by feeding more of a liquid food. So they used a randomized control study with 11 healthy weight males, and they had a test drink that was 200 mils of cocoa-flavoured beverage, and that gave around about 200 kilocalories or just under 840 kilojoules. So they gave it to participants in 10 20 mil cups over a five-minute period, and they did this in three different ways. So in the control, participants swallowed one of the test drinks, so one of the uh, 20 mils, every 30 seconds. So 10 cups over a five-minute period. In the TASTE trial, they swallowed each of the 10 drinks after holding the liquid in their mouth for 30 seconds. They didn't chew, they just held it in their mouth and then they swallowed. And then the third uh, treatment was the chewing trial where participants actually chewed the test drink for the 30 seconds at a frequency of around about once per second, and then they swallowed it. So I guess this last chewing trial was actually, in essence, a combination of both chewing and tasting.
1: So now we're really heading back to Horace's time, where he claimed that even liquids had to be chewed.
0: Yeah, kind of, but probably um, here the measurements outcomes are a little bit more sophisticated. So they measured Uh, dietary-induced thermogenesis fairly accurately over that 90 minutes after swallowing the drink using gas exchange and they also measured splanchnic circulation which is the blood flow to the intestinal organs. So why splanchnic circulation? Well, splenic celiac artery, that's the artery that supplies the blood to the digestive organs and provides an indication really of the motility time in the upper GI tract.
1: Okay, so what did the results show?
0: Well, the taste and the chewing trials actually um, increased that splenic celiac artery blood flow compared to the control. So that really indicated that the Tasting and chewing results in greater motility of that upper GI tract.
1: And then what about the DIT?
0: Yes, well, there were increases in DIT uh, seen in the tasting and chewing trial compared to the control. And in fact, the highest it was observed in the, the chewing trial, where it more than doubled when you compared it to the uh, control.
1: Okay, so Horace was right. More chewing, even if it is a liquid, will prevent weight gain?
0: Well, yes. When you do look at the actual figures, the effect does look quite small. If you look at the control, uh, it was around about 14 kilojoules for the 90 minutes. Um, Tasting increased it to 23 kilojoules and then chewing to 31 kilojoules over that 19 minutes now to put this kind of increase of the 17 kilojoules into perspective if you go for a brisk 10 minute walk you'll expend around about 200 kilojoules so that's about six times the energy expenditure
1: (laughs) so better off not worrying about all this chewing just swallow that liquid and go for a walk
0: Yeah, well, yeah, the the 17 um, kilojoule increase with the chewing over the control doesn't really look all that impressive, but we, we should note that this increase in dip was in response to around about 836 kilojoules of a liquid meal. So if we did extrapolate this over to a day where we could easily maybe eat 10 times that amount, then we might see some useful figures here. Really? Yeah. Um, well, in an interview, the, the authors actually acknowledged that the increase in energy expenditure was small, but they did highlight that it may have a cumulative effect over multiple meals um, over day, over the day. And then if you look at over 365
1: days of a year, it, it may become important. So, But this was a liquid test condition. Would it be the same for something like a solid food?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. So... Um, even asking the participants to chew the test drink is is likely to result in less chewing stimulation than we see with solid food. So we would expect higher uh, dietary-induced thermogenesis after eating solid food. As always, you know, it's important for us to look at study limitations, and we need to consider these when we're interpreting the findings. So this study did have small numbers, and that does, of course, Uh, affect the precision and it only had males who were a healthy body weight which really does limit the generalizability of of the findings. Okay and the study strengths? Well one strength of the study was that it, it did standardize the timing of the three treatments meaning that each of the treatments was undertaken at the same time each day And this is important because our resting metabolic
1: rate actually follows a circadian rhythm. So this circadian rhythm being our natural internal processes that regulate our sleep and wake cycle and repeats roughly every 24 hours may affect um, our resting metabolic rate.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So our resting metabolic rate also rises and increases uh, throughout the 24 hours based on this rhythm.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we, we know that we have lower resting energy expenditure during sleep with that slow rise throughout the day, beginning when we wake up and then declining again throughout the evening.
0: Yes, and a study just published this month showed that uh, differences in and meals eaten in the morning and the evening were really influenced by the circadian resting energy. So the higher dit that we see after consuming the morning meal, that actually disappeared once adjusting for the uh circadian rmr and so this really does stress um, how important it is to standardize the meal when examining factors that may influence it because there's a lot of research that has thought oh maybe the calories that you expend at the end of the day count for more but it's really this is one of the first studies to show that that underlying circadian rhythm is at play here
1: Cool. And are there any other factors that influence energy balance as a result of slow and deliberate eating?
0: Well, in the newsletter, we do highlight a 2018 meta-analysis uh, that reported increased chewing of food really to uh, reduce self-reported hunger and subsequently food intake, Uh, along with another systematic review and meta-analysis published last year that found self-reported eating speed was uh, positively uh, associated with BMI, so that slower eaters actually had significantly lower BMIs than faster eaters. And have been mulling this this area over a little bit. And just to put a, a cat amongst the pigeons, so to speak, when I was thinking about this whole area, it did me get me thinking about nut research, which you know I love. And the, the chewing action of whole nuts is actually thought to play a role in satiety. So kind of an agreement to what we've seen here. And this is thought to be one of the reasons why we consistently see that when we do feed extra nuts in the diet, we see either no weight gain or or less weight gain that we predicted given the extra calories. But one of the other mechanisms, other than the satiety, is, that, uh, is the actual incomplete mastication of the nuts, where we don't completely break down the cell wall of nuts. And so the lipids, and then of course the calories, are actually trapped inside when we swallow, and they're not released for energy metabolism. So when we look at the amount of energy available for energy metabolism from nuts, compared to, say, the Atwater water factors... Uh, depending on the nut type, it can be around about 5 to 30% less. So I guess it was just interesting that in this case, on the one hand, we we can see that we've got more dietary-induced thermogenesis from having to chew the nuts, but then chewing too much actually releases more of the fat and the energy. And... um, to provide a bit more evidence that that the release of more calories is actually having an effect, is that when we look at nut butters, these are actually do release more of the energy because the cell wall is obviously broken down than if we were to eat whole nuts. So I, I thought this was a, a bit of an interesting aside and a reminder that we really have to consider a number of different factors in this area, I guess.
1: Well that's really good to know because Frankie my greyhound ate a whole container um probably about just under a kilo of almonds this week and oh. yeah and somewhat of a shocker with the bowel movements this week mm-hmm. um but yeah mm-hmm. you're correct yes. rachel she didn't chew a lot of those almonds <laughs> yeah and being a dog
0: did you have almond bits did you um to pick up <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah there is definitely handfuls isn't that the recommendation handful of yes. almonds. <laughs> yes
0: yes well interesting there we go that's a little experiment in itself isn't it
1: well Taken together, it looks like this research does support the notion that slowing down our eating rate may have benefits on both sides of the energy balance equation, so energy in and energy out. Yeah, for sure. So
0: we should be adding strategies to slow down eating rate to our toolbox of tips and tricks to help those clients of ours that may struggle to maintain a healthy body weight.
1: Well, in our best practice section of the newsletter, we do highlight the mindful eating technique, which is based on that Buddhist concept of mindfulness. And we have provided a mindful eating infographic from the American um, Heart Association for clients.
0: Yeah, I like that infographic. And, and we've also linked you with an excellent open access review paper on the art of, the, of presence while you eat. <laughs>
1: Well, that's it for our episode today. Thank you to everyone for listening in. All of our discussions and study links can be found in our weekly newsletter, which is free to anyone who wants to subscribe. You can go to our website at moyonutrition.com or sign up at our Twitter account at Moyo Nutrition. To keep up to date, make sure you follow us here. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please consider sharing us around. We'll be back next week where we'll be talking about what, Arby?
0: interesting paper did catch our eye. It was actually the title that looked interesting. I know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but um, it did look quite interesting. It was Come Back Skin Folds, All Is Forgiven. And it was a narrative review looking at some common body composition methods in applied sports practice. So we thought it might have a good Few good practice tips there. And it also ties in quite nicely with some of the press that we've seen recently in Swimming Australia, which has really questioned the routine measurement of body composition in female swimmers. So I thought it might be interesting to take a look at that.
1: Well, oh, excellent. Until then, everyone, have a great week and stay safe. Now, this week, Rachel has brought us something to chew on. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) what? How are we going to do this? (laughs)
0: Sorry about that. Oh dear! <laughs>
1: We've got lots more that bloopers. I thought was—we were going to have none if I put that <laughs> line in. <laughs> okay. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs>